Lord, your prophet speaks of abundant joy, a light in darkness, and an end to gloom and doom. Sometimes we don't believe it because we think we are realists or we lack faith. Shake us out of our pessimism. Remind us that you have given us Jesus Christ. Let us hear his message to reform our lives and let us act like those who have been called to belong to his kingdom. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. There will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, the Lord brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. The word of the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters, What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? What was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ may not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali the way to the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, 
Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he's walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went all around of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks. A little boy had been naughty all day, so his mother, as punishment, sent him to bed early. A little after he came down, carrying his favorite uh, toy, a uh, little animal, his piggy bank, and some clothes, and he said that he was running away from home. And his father asked him, what will you do when you get hungry? And he said, I will come home and have something to eat. <laughs> then he, he asked him, what will you do when you run out of money? I will come home and ask you for some. Then what will you do when your clothes get dirty? And he said, I will come home and ask mommy to wash them for me. Then his father looked at his wife and he said, this kid is not running away from home. He's going off to college. <laughs> The apostles, of course, as Jesus called them, uh, didn't run away from home exactly because we know they had families. So we frequently, even in the Gospels, read that Jesus would go to the house of Peter uh, where his family lived, his mother-in-law, his wife, his children. So we know that they still embraced the responsibility that they had, of course, to, to raise their families. But once Jesus called them, there was, an important, uh, mom- there was an important moment in their lives. It changed everything. They followed him. He shaped them into the, the uh, friends and people that they needed to be. So what is interesting, of course, about his call, and what I would like to invite you to reflect on is, are these five things. That Jesus chose, then he called, he taught, then he sent, and he sanctified or blessed. That's what happened. And these five steps we too experience in our lives as well. That when Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he didn't just see and um, you know, say, wow, there must be somebody better than these fishermen. There's, there has to be. No, he recognized the potential that these simple men who couldn't probably read and write, what they, the, what the potential they had within themselves to be his friends, to proclaim, to proclaim the good news then. So he called them. He didn't just choose them and say, well, eventually I will, I will maybe uh, ask them to follow me. No, he did what he needed to do. He allowed them to participate in the life and the mission that he came to accomplish. And that's the invitation that we receive from him as well. We heard today in the first reading that what Jesus did, God already predicted in, in the Old Testament. We heard from the prophet Isaiah, who said these words about seven or 800 years ago. The people lived in darkness. By the way, if this reading sounded familiar to you, it is because we heard it on Christmas Eve. 
we heard that people who live in darkness have seen a great light. That was for, that was for the people who, I hope that's not my microphone. <laughs> who, live, who live in darkness have seen a great light because when Jesus was born, of course, a great light entered the world. So it was the, the land of Zebulon, the land of Naphtali. They were shaking in their boots, so to say. They were afraid what was going to happen to them, how stronger nations, especially Assyria, was going to attack them. I remember when I was in the Holy Land oh, 10 years ago, I was very fortunate to, to go there, and the tour guide, would, would, when we did the sightseeing, he would say, there was a building here, but the Assyrians destroyed it. On another occasion, again, he would say, there was a, this uh, building here, but the Assyrians destroyed it. It was a brutal nation, so people were afraid. What's going to happen to us? So the prophet gave them hopeful message that there will be one who will protect them. The Lord will keep his promise. He will give them his light because their lives were lives of gloom and doom. And especially for the southern kingdom that was much smaller than the northern kingdom that consisted of many tribes, 11 tribes out of 12, yet they were not able to withstand the powers of the world because of their inability to follow the Lord, to trust Him, and to follow the commandments that He offered them. So the Word of God is always present among us, but how do we respond to it? Jesus said, follow me, and they responded. They, they trusted that these words will change their lives. There is a story of Mark Twain, and he was known to use uh, bad language many times, especially even in public. So profanities were quite frequent uh, when he spoke. So his wife was very, very kind, very refined woman, and she tried to change that bad behavior. She, tried, uh, she had tried everything, but nothing worked. So one day she decided to, to use uh, what, what we can call a shock therapy. <laughs> when, when he came home and opened the door, she uttered every profanity she had heard him say every single one of them. So he listened patiently, and then he said to her, Honey, or my dear, you have the words, but not the music. <laughs> now, of course, I'm not suggesting to, to follow them, <laughs> to use profanity, but we have the words, but we must have the music. Our musicians, our choir, beautifully lead us in, in singing in our worship. Why? Because they have both. They have the, the words and the music, and they merge together in harmony and help us to worship God the way He needs to be worshipped. So in the same way, we have the words of Christ, we have the Bible that we follow, that we read, but then when we put it into practice, then we can say we have the music. And that's what the world needs, the words and the music together in harmony. And when it's not, when it's lacking, what happens? St. Paul addressed that issue. He challenged the Corinthians. After about five years, he heard, he heard that there were divisions among them. So what did he do? He didn't just say, oh, they will work it out. They know, they know how. No, he immediately said, if you are divided, you are making mockery of the sacrifice that Jesus offered on the cross. Who, was, who died for you, for your sins? Was it Apollos? Was it Peter? Was it Paul? No, it was Christ. So he said, he is the one we need to follow. If you are divided, that you're not putting the, the words and the music together. Because they did have the words, they did have the, the preaching and the teachings of Christ. But sometimes they lack the music, they lack the practice of those words. So again, he challenged them, don't be like that. 
The world is counting on you. The world that is sometimes dark is counting on you that you will bring Christ's light to it. And what happened? They accepted the message and became one of the most vibrant communities that Paul founded. So again, that's a, that's a, that's a challenge for us. We, we need to remember those five things, that Jesus chooses us, calls us. In baptism, that's the first invitation we receive. Then he teaches us. He sends us forth and he blesses us or sanctifies us. We lack, we lack nothing. Everything is given to us to accomplish what he calls us to accomplish. There is a story, a true story of uh, George Washington. He was at Valley Forge uh, in charge of the military, of course, and uh, it was a brutal winter. So there was a government official who was sent to examine the situation. And, of course, uh, he saw that how General George Washington kept the morale high, even though the conditions were horrible. So he, he uttered all, kind of, all kinds of praises, saying, General, you are the greatest man, you are the greatest leader, the best that these soldiers can have. And he said, General George Washington said to him, that's all right, never mind that. Just tell me where you stand in relation to the cause I represent. In a sense, that Jesus, that's what Jesus is asking us. Show me, yes, prayer, celebrating the sacraments, praying is important, but we need to show where we stand in relation to the cause he represents. The words and the music. Again, when we put them in harmony, we are certainly showing where we stand in relation to the cause that he represents. And then we represent it as well. We are that, that, the, those representatives of that cause. So as we continue with this celebration, let us be thankful for the word and the music that we are offered. Let us remember how, Christ, how fortunate we are that Christ chooses us, calls us, teaches us, sends us forth, and blesses us. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.